previously on the Dave and Steve show. And then I got invited to Maureen's 50th birthday celebration. I don't do well with poop. But as your eyes move down the wardrobe, you realize yeah. everything was purchased at Costco. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, I've been in the same room with your guitars and I have been tempted to pee on one of them. I would think I would notice if a cat had urinated in my office. Okay, I wonder where that guy shops for beard oil. If I can find a good taffy pole, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll wear this there and make sure I don't get any of my straggler hairs into the taffy. Because they chuckled about that shit all weekend. You know they actually did. they uh, they called the police on me. Hey, uh, so oh. today was not. Now we're gonna get into the our typical stuff. I'm gonna talk about poo poo and things like that. But uh, so, <laughs> what'd you do last week? Anything big? Uh, how many um, animals shit on your floor? This oh. is this is dog poop that has been broken open and smeared across the living room floor. And she turns the room upside down. <laughs> and it looks like the bottom of a Jeep Cherokee. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Show number 31 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave, sitting right alongside me. A mere 27 miles away is Steve. Hey, everybody. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. It's difficult to believe this is our first together November Got a show. question? Got a comment? Got a concern? Email us at thedaveandsteveshow at gmail.com. And with that, we are off and running on show number 30. 30 okay. Really? I can't this wait how we're going to start 31. I, I can't want even say all the 31. concerns to come in. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I know. I'm looking for it's the concerns. The concerns I'm so, looking for. Show 31. If if anybody listening to this right now, like, I know I just said 31 incorrectly. That's just a small portion of of the flubs <laughs> that it took to get this show off the ground tonight. We're yeah. going to keep that one because I'm not going to do this again. This would be like our fourth <laughs> restart, fifth restart of the show tonight, and it's not worth it. You would yeah, absolutely think that that this is our first podcast ever. Uh, but, I, but I mean, I, I okay. I take responsibility for what three of the false starts. <laughs> yeah, there's. We were we were talking about this just before we went on the air. That it seems like I made the comment. It feels like it's been about six weeks since we did a show, a proper show. And then Tracy countered by saying, well, in fairness, we haven't done a proper show in the month of November, which is odd to think about. And then on top of that, we had a lot of stuff happen. There were a lot of big events and small events. I had a surgery in between there that I had been talking about and building up for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm two weeks removed from that now. We had a presidential election somewhere in there, uh, I think. And that is still ongoing and still a thing, but it was a big, there were a lot of obviously big newsworthy moments around that. Uh, Tracy wouldn't stop posting on Facebook, so we had that. Uh, Tracy, you were <laughs> incredibly prolific on Facebook over the last, I'd say, especially around, I, I think I even said this on Facebook at one point. For a guy who proclaims how little he cares about the current election, you would not stop posting about the current election well i i uh, mostly on election on election night i did what i did uh four years ago i watched what i consider to be the most american movie ever created and that's the movie woodstock 
And um, so that is my way of celebrating America while everyone was paying attention to the results and uh, and the returns coming in. And so um, I just I and I didn't like give anyone a hashtag. I really just forced my observation right down everybody's throat. <laughs> yeah. And I made big and small observations obscure. I uh, and it was. Uh, and uh, it, most people found it uh, uh, either a nice distraction or wildly annoying, and uh, so mission accomplished. So I fall I into, I fall into. See, that's the thing is Steve. Steve liked it. I fall into the latter so much so that Steve and I were interested in the election overall, and so we had been messaging back and forth about the election that night. And I, at a certain point, I said to Steve. I have no choice. I have to snooze Tracy. I'm going to I'm going to snooze him <laughs> for right now. I can unsnooze him post election day cuz I know this isn't going to be something I got to leave on for 30 days. Tracy's going to do this for the election. But here's the thing. And I didn't know this. If you put somebody on snooze, you stop hearing from them. The moment you take them off snooze, and I don't know if this is the case if you've had them snoozed for the full 30 days, but uh, the moment do you, do you get the back, full, I do. Back I, it just they it all just, it all throws up, right? And it was even feet. worse. Not that not that uh, it matters which order Woodstock obs observations come in, but it was they were literally from like this one is from 8:30 p.m. This one's from 11. This one's from four in the afternoon. This one, like it was all over the road in non sequential order. So I really didn't get around it anyway. And anyway, and so I just wound up. I think I've officially I've I've just unfollowed you, Tracy. That's the no, that's, thing that's fair, and that's uh <laughs> that's a thing that I think really everybody should do. Right. I, yeah. I I I I was totally the other way. I was I felt like it was such a nice little distraction away from me, you know, checking results that would that were definitely not coming in that night, but I expected to come in that night. Um, I. I loved reading it because I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, did you also I'm starting to throw my own little Woodstock tidbits in there? But yeah. it was uh, it was really it was really great. Um, I think uh, no. I think we bonded over a uh, um, the uh, Susie Sorority Altamont joke oh, from uh yes yes yeah, from, that's uh, Lily the, Tomlin, yes. oh that's she that yeah. is just such a classic bit and um and the abby hoffman thing was was uh was a big deal i have the yep. audio from that it's on the box set so yep that's uh that's in, it's incredible stuff so um anyway that's you know that's what i did let's let's just talk about <laughs> let's talk about all the posts that dave hated well, and I was also thinking too. Let's let's talk about all the all the posts that nobody has any reference for, and let's just make references to those posts. Uh, so tonight, yeah, uh, so I mean, it was one of those things where, like, I one of the things that was important to me was to make sure that, like, I I wasn't going to stay off social media, and I just really kind of wanted to flood my own feed with people responding to mine because I didn't want to hear anybody else's. Uh, uh, musings, uh, frustration, or celebrations about anything local or national, or anything. So that's how I coped with it by annoying the world. And so, it, it. I mean, it. Listen, it worked. Um, I was, I was drugged because that that <laughs> afternoon yes. I had had surgery, and I was still frustrated enough, even in my very flowery drugged state, to say. Enough is enough, Tracy. You gotta go to sleep for a little while. 
Yeah. So you so I, actually got the sleepy time medicine by the evening, uh, whereas I got it during the day. So tonight we're, we're recording the show. You guys won't know this listening, but we're recording the show just a little bit later than we typically do. And the reason that we're doing that is because there was a we're, we're from the Seattle area. I happen to be a big American football fan. And there was a Seahawks game on tonight, which is obviously our hometown team. So I wanted to make sure that I caught the Seahawks game. And so we were kind of waiting for that to wrap. But one of the things that, you know, as we were just making small talk leading up to the start of the show, one of the things that we had talked about a little bit is the fact that even as an American football fan, I get extremely frustrated watching the product because there are so many breaks and specifically so many ad breaks in a typical football game. And I'm going to stop saying American football because you guys know I'm talking American football right now. So football. Uh, but there's so many ad breaks, and at times it just it gets so frustrating because I feel like I wind up watching three hours of commercials and one hour of game each time. And I was saying to Tracy, this is one of the few things that I envy about him being such a European football fan is that there's no ability for breaks in the game. And Tracy, you were saying it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. So the thing with uh, in football is my number one sport still I, and i and so we'll just call it football and soccer so there's no confusion so football is my number one sport i i will watch the nfl i just i love college football and since it's returned it's been great but soccer is really kind of right in there where um it is my summer spring summer and fall pastime to watch and the game does not stop for anything. So right now, I mean, it, just even in the last five years, because of concussion protocols, they begin to they'll stop the game for a head injury. Right. But I mean, if you're down on the ground and you're just holding your shoulder, the referee will just kind of like look at you, and the game continues, and you don't have a guy, and it's it'll go until it goes out of bounds, and and then they'll bring a, a stretcher on, and the idea is that like. We're going to haul you off the field so we can continue to play the game. If you can't get off on your own or get up and just brush it off. Right. And so the. Um, so let me ask so you a quick game, question because I yeah. don't know soccer that well and you do. So let mm -hmm. me ask you this question. One thing I do know is the, the concept of extra time. So if there is whatever it might be, a stoppage for a penalty or whatever it is, the referee has the ability to add in extra time so that yeah. it's still a half still runs is it 30 minutes am i right in that so it's 45 minutes a half yeah okay so it still runs the full 45 minutes now my my question has always been is that literally just a finger in the air by the ref or is he does he literally have like a little stopwatch or something to where he can literally start mm -hmm. it and keep an exact time or is that yeah it was my number one complaint about um soccer for the long longest time because you didn't know how much time there was right. just the game, the clock was done and the game was still going. And you're like, Oh, well, I guess we'll see what happens. Right. And there were a lot of shenanigans that went on to that, including uh, game fixing and other things. And so what they did is they had the fourth, fourth official will actually put up the amount of time that's there. Um, so they'll be like, you know, they'll put up a thing that says, Hey, there's four minutes of additional time. Gotcha. So you can, uh, and I have, and many do now that we all have, um, cell phones and things like well, you can set the timer and just see like, well, how, how, how long is four minutes? And so the idea is that like in a lot of sports, you can slow the game down or waste time if it benefits you. Yep. Um, and so the idea is that 
if there is stoppage time from injuries or things that are like tactically somebody tried to do, referees will throw additional time on so you didn't get to escape that. So sometimes, most of the time, it's really good. Um, uh, sometimes it'll go even a little longer. And if there's, and here's the thing is like, if you get an injury in injury time, you have to tack on right, time, right? right, right? right. Yeah. So now you've lost kind of concept to how much time is, but where it used to be a major, major complaint, um, it's been policed a lot better and is hardly ever a complaint anymore. So, okay. So back to why, why the lack of commercial breaks is can be a negative is that just because of like things like bathroom breaks and wanting to get a snack and all that and you can't well just a, a little bit like the game but the game does like the game can con continue when um if somebody gets injured and they may not decide to um they may not decide to like allow a substitution right away and so you could imagine um let's say for a drive you're you you have a defender that used to be the case you couldn't substitute freely in in, in american football either once upon a time um and uh but if you had a defender that was out and they're like okay for this drive i guess you have 10 guys and so you know because we're not stopping right you know and they don't huddle or anything right. else right, right. and so um so the that's one of those things where i think sometimes it can be frustrating and um uh, there's and in another thing it does is it sometimes uh allows teams that are a man down because of uh, a red card where uh someone is sent off because of a uh, dangerous play they uh they can do things uh to slow the game down ridiculously to where I don't think the thing I'm watching sometimes isn't soccer anymore. So sometimes that's the other side of the sword, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, okay. whatever. Okay. Steve, I want to get to you in just a minute here, as far as what you did over the last couple of weeks, but Tracy said something a little distressing that we started to get into before we kicked the show off. And I want to talk about that real quick. So Tracy, this past so, weekend, so yeah. you put this this cryptic, once again, he's posting on Facebook. The guy's never not on Facebook. But you post this thing on Facebook saying it's, I how'd you phrase it? You tell me your I Facebook. I'm fine, carry on. Yeah, I'm fine, yeah. carry on. Which I, I thought that was just a typical, like, Tracy just being Tracy. But now, right. from what you said before the show, there was actually some meat to that. Yeah, and so his chair again is what. I yeah, thought. and being cryptic is was this. I don't like. I'm not like. I don't like to be cryptic. But the problem is, a lot of people knew that I had gone to the hospital because uh, it got out. It was on a Sunday, so uh, my church had been meeting. It got out, so they all knew that I was in the hospital. So I was being inundated with messages like, you know, serves you right, you bastard and everything. Right. Yeah. You know, all the typical my, Sunday church, yeah, typical stuff, Sunday yeah. church stuff. And then um, the, uh, the and so what I wanted to do is I didn't want to draw attention to say something like I just got out of the emergency room. And then so everybody could know. Right. But some people who did know, I just wanted to signal to them that, like, I'm OK. You get that, Dave? Now it, it was just um, he was at the hospital. Now it's the emergency room. Yeah. Pretty soon it's going to be ICU. Oh well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I had to go to the hospital. Then it was the, 
I still haven't seen his right arm. I don't know. If, I, don't know <laughs> I don't know if it's all there. Okay. Now, yeah. okay. Did, That's now, now you said before the show that it was due to high blood pressure. Yeah, it was weird. I had, um, I don't know what it was. I mean, uh, I don't think it was a stress and anxiety thing. Um, but it's i was just amped up all weekend for no reason it seemed like and or at Did least no reason any of those email pills those pills that that come in your email they're they're saying hey hey looking for a good time yeah uh, i yeah i haven't ordered those in a long time okay um, well, maybe, thank- well maybe the ones that you did order a long time ago went bad Right. <laughs> well, so there was no, a lot of them. There was no, there was no event that led up to it or anything. It was literally just you felt a little, and I don't, I don't mean this dismissively, well, no, but you, you just, just felt I kind felt of hyper. I have, I have one kidney, so my blood pressure is important to me because uh, that's one thing that can wreck a kidney is high blood pressure. So um, eating right and uh, exercising and having my weight within a certain threshold are all things that or keep it down and my blood pressure has always been pretty good but it wasn't this weekend and i didn't know why and it concerned me so i went to the emergency room and uh interestingly while sitting there just kind of watching the seahawks game and uh and just hanging out in a quiet room it just went down by itself so this is uh obviously did you just get up and leave or did factors. you still did you still get checked out What's that? Did you just get up and leave, or did you still get? Checked oh no, out? no, no! I went through the went through the whole thing. So they had um, uh, they'd done all the things that they did, and I had all my junk checked out, and uh, and they said, "Hey, your junk's fine." And uh, and so yeah, it's not the um, way it works. That's that that was not a hospital. Yeah, well, I don't have good insurance, so that's that's the way it works oh, for me. No, so but it does yeah. work that way. Yeah, so um, no, it was uh, you know EKG and just all the stuff that they they do, and I uh, got to meet uh, great great doctor and good nurses at Evergreen Hospital at Kirkland. Took me uh, took care of me really well, and uh, and then I but it was it was interesting in that that I learned that simply just being in a room by myself not being bothered brought my blood pressure down, and so uh, that clearly is an indication that. If even if I'm consciously not aware of what was doing it, something had you know, and this has been a tough year for a lot of people. Well, and that's what I was going to say too is even if it's that like brief 15 or 20 minute break, however long it is, where you're in a car driving to work, whatever your commute is, you sort of you don't realize you kind of get all those little breaks throughout the day when things are normal, and when you're at a house and your family's at the house with you there's typically not those i mean you might get out well, every once yeah. in a while to go get groceries but for the most part you guys are kind of there yeah and my and my uh doctor was saying like hey do you think you might uh, take a couple days off work and i'd be like no i'd be just home yeah. i mean can i come here will yeah. you let me just hang out here in the emergency room because that would be awesome if i could being, just take being, a nap. being in the emergency room is far less stressful to tracy yeah everything so like on. all the places i could have been i could have been at home at church or wherever but nope the emergency room was like oh yeah just oh my god God's this is like an oasis and, uh, and yeah. all the drugs and nurses i can handle so yeah, yeah no <laughs> no so i'm i'm just uh i'm thankful I, I it's been a tough week because uh uh it's uh that bothered me and so while while working i just felt just kind of uh tired and exhausted like i just really needed a couple days off to uh rest so i never really 
never really got on my game. And today was the first day I really felt quite normal. Well, we can, we'll fix that. Uh, Steve, I'm glad you're feeling better. No, nope, nope. Don't do that. No, don't. <laughs> no, I'm glad he's, I'm let's glad not, he's feeling better. Let's not pretend here. We don't care. I did want to point out that he does like to trot out that I only have one kid. I yeah, can I, I can operate on one kidney. It's like the kid, um, the kid in your neighborhood that used to ride everywhere on his bike as a wheelie. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's just because he could, right? This so is he, a biological wheelie. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's what my uh, urologist calls it. Yes. <laughs> this what it made me think of is on the previous incarnation of the show, Tracy's tagline that we always gave him shit for was. I don't even own a TV. I don't even have a TV. I don't yeah. watch TV. My family doesn't have a TV. We don't watch TV. And now in the break between the last show and this show, and I don't mean episodes, I mean the last incarnation and what we do now, Tracy had a kidney removed. So now yeah. he's got the ultimate, I don't have a TV, which is I don't have a kidney. Yeah. He doesn't even need that kidney. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. gone. It was better off a, he, he, he operates on a stunt kidney. His kidney has special stunt pegs on it. <laughs> When we do another reunion show 20 years from now, just wait, gets, wait till I do what I, I tell you I don't have then. Right. Uh, so Tracy, unlike Steve, I'm, <laughs> unlike Steve, I'm sincere when I say I'm glad you're doing better. Steve, I appreciate that. Steve what did you yeah. do in the break? I wrote a book. Um, I, I, the, my, the, the book thing that, that, that I did with my buddies came out last week. So, so the best darn dog in the world. Yeah. This, Tracy, thanks for writing such a nice thing on, uh, on your, I mean, yeah, it's Facebook not a, page. it's not a forward, but it's, it's pretty good. Right. <laughs> but, um, no, one of the things that was interesting, this, this started two conversations. One is I think your book is sweet and I plan to buy it as a present for several families. Uh -oh. So, but the other thing, and we'll get to that part in a second, but there was a joke that on the, on the old show that we did where Dave, Dave had a collection of his comic books in a dog complex in a book. And then what I had written a book. And so we were we had both we both used to talk about like just the burden of being authors and the burden of having a book out there and how Steve <laughs> wouldn't understand it, right? And, and, and Steve was like trying to like he was all good natured, and Dave finally said to them, "Well, Steve, let me just put it this way: if Tracy and I were standing next to each other and you threw a rock at us, you'd have a pretty good chance of hitting somebody who's written a book." <laughs> And it, so that joke's gone now forever. And your book is out there and tell, tell it, remind everybody about this book. Okay. First of all, I think everybody needs to understand that it's barely a book. All right. It's, it's 32 pages of mostly illustrations. Um, if you read it um, slowly, like to the song that it was, First of all, it didn't even start off as a book. It was just a song that right. I took the lyrics from and and put it in and and put it as a as, as a child's book. Um, it's mostly <laughs> it's mostly pictures. I'm, I'm, la can... I'm laughing because <laughs> you are literally now arguing with yourself because you started yeah. by saying yeah. you wrote a book and that's what you led with, and now you're yeah. dismissing yourself. I know. I yes. know. I, yeah. I, I, I limped in 
to this uh, to this ra- this Algonquin Roundtable of authors here. <laughs> I I limp in with with thirty two pages of um, of rehashed material. <laughs> that's just it's. I wrote more in the forward than there is <laughs> in the you know, But one <laughs> of the one of the things when you're talking about how concise and how perfect you have to be in a children's book. And so when you, cause, because every page is precious and uh, there aren't a lot of wasted moments. And when you told how it is, like when you were um, sort of coming out of the, just the funk of having a dog, a pet you loved so much uh, and, and realizing that, and when that pet passed away, you realize that there were no, there wasn't anything out there for the entire experience um, of, of pet ownership all the way through really those loving moments where you're often feeling maybe a little bit like you're betraying the animal that you love so much, but you're trying to do the most loving thing. And so this, you, you handled it from those exciting moments all the way to those loving, quiet moments at the end, a very difficult thing to do. And I think it's a very, very precious book. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I, I appreciate that. I really, uh, it, it definitely was a labor of love. I mean, it's not, the song is not like, you know, other songs that I've written and the, you know, the idea was definitely, a, I really wanted it to be, you know, that love letter to all dogs um, out there. And there are, look, there's some really brilliant um, children's books about dogs out there. Walter, the farting dog's a great book. It's, but it, it, it's, it's funny and it just kind of encapsulates a dog's personality. There's, you know, doggy heaven, which really helps you get through the end of the book. I mean, that Cynthia Ryland, that book is amazing, but I wanted something that would remind people of all of it, you know, the whole experience of it and get, you know, get kids ready for it, but also, um, have that reminder of, you know, it's, it's okay to have one. It's okay to lose one and it's okay to get another one. Um, it's because yeah. they, you need them and they need you. And it's, you know, I oh, feel I that way about somewhere. wives. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. valid. But it's you're valid. right. You've hit the nail on the head though. But it, it's, um, it's great. And I have to mention the, uh, uh, the, the singer of the song, there's a QR code in the book that you you can um, scan and then you'll get it'll take you to the YouTube page where you'll get to listen to the song and and uh, read along with it or whatever but um, the singer of the song is the actual is the illustrator of the book and we really wanted to make sure that um, it was a book that was accessible for uh, many different people there's I mean there's uh, different populations are, are represented. It's not just, you know, people that look like me um, in the book. It's not a, it's not a narrative of one type of person. It's, it's people of all ages and, and, um, and, and cultures. And, and I really wanted that to be part of it as well. So the illustrator did a fantastic job of fitting all of those ideas in and really uh, capturing it. He's actually illustrated a lot of children's books before Um so Matt Corey's his name and he's, uh, he's brilliant. So I'm really, really happy. And Matt, Matt Christensen is the, uh, uh, musician and the, I mean, producer and the recorder and the engineer and of, uh, 
uh, of the rest of the song. So and he did the uh, harpsichord, I believe, in that song, didn't he? Uh, I don't know if there's a harpsichord in there, but there's a ukulele and there's a, I mean, there's a steel guitar. <laughs> there's lots of stuff. In there. There's a lot of layers in that song. I feel like, I feel a, like now I'm song. at a Star Trek convention and Tracy's asking William Shatner questions. Like this is your number <laughs> one fan that is talking to you right now. It's super nice that he, you know, has, has um, taken the time to look at it and check it out. And um, so I appreciate that, Tracy. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. Yeah, I haven't looked. I don't know what it is. Okay, it's, it's a magazine. Um, it's a. I'll it, tell you it about is, later. It okay. is kind of. It is kind of a magazine. It's you know thirty-two pages, um, limped in with a book, but it's. But well, that's good. It, I mean, it's and, done. Uh, we, we've hit all the genres pretty much. Yeah. No. Let's be clear. That's a. It's a momentous occasion, and you shouldn't. Yes. Don't. Don't. Don't sell it short. Like that's a a big deal to have a physical book that you can hold in your hands and turn the pages uh not everybody has done that in fact very few have except on this podcast where everybody has and it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah on this on this particular show it's really devalued yeah, quite a bit it's very it's commonplace a... and not a big deal but yeah i mean you uh you go yeah, out there that. among the that's, dumb yeah. people yeah, it's, i came uh, in last uh, place with the least amount of pages um but I will say that it's nice to have people that have actually purchased it and, and have read it and enjoy it. And yes. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. I saw you got your first comment that you made somebody cry. So you got that going for you. That's yeah. That that's always, that always makes me feel really good to know. My, that my book also cry. made people cry though. That's, yeah. It so. made me cry. It made me cry yeah. big time rehashing my, my, my life in there. Um, I, I will say though, um, uh, uh, Dave, I did call out a couple of your dogs um in the in the book it's great um, i'm suing you because maybe uh, maybe, maybe they aren't your dogs i don't know they're, they're pretty they're pretty generic pretty generic yeah. names um yeah. we shouldn't record this okay you're right that's there's a lot of others that, hey do you want to hear about the countertops and sink that i put in not even are a little bit uh are so you sure but i do want to know and the only reason i don't even know why i want to know this because You've brought this up like two or three weeks, and it hasn't it hasn't bore any fruit of any real size or or value. But I still need to know: Did you track down the check for the contractor? Did we solve all this? Is this all taken care of, or is this still? Does he believe he was paid? Um, he believes that I paid him. Um, he believes that I gave him the check. Okay. Um, I actually went and talked to my bank and said, Hey, have you ever heard of this happening? And they're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, somebody will bring in a check and it'll just kind of get, it'll just kind of go out there. So what they need to do is go back to their bank with, um, with the proof of the check and whatever, and they need to hunt that down and they can like, this is my bank telling me. So I have to tell this guy, Hey, you need to take this stuff and I will get like, I will literally give him whatever he needs from my account if he needs to see this or that or if he needs a copy of the check or whatever i already gave him a copy of the check to take that into his bank to make sure it gets handled but i haven't heard back from him he may have just dropped it yeah. uh, but i don't want him to drop it um i <laughs> i sure as hell don't want my money to go to somebody that doesn't deserve it he totally deserves it yeah and yeah, yeah. You know, so now it's I know best now best, best contractor about it. <laughs> best contractor you've ever worked with did amazing work. Yeah, you love absolutely. the company you work for. Got it. 
no, so no, but 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 he did solid work. He he's not he's not the best contractor I've worked with, but he he did solid work. Okay, so um, yeah, so I got, I got ten bucks for him right here. The uh, so I I you know I told you guys I had the surgery. Obviously, I'm recovering from that. Everything's fine. First couple of days sucked. After that, it was fine. <clears throat> On Monday, my wife went out for groceries, and we've been trying to be we've we've taking things seriously we're trying to kind of hunker back down again we're not going out we're trying to stay in and so when she went out to get groceries she got groceries <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> i'll explain what's going on as far as my throat and things here in just a second but so she got groceries on monday and she was out for a long time she went to two different places to make sure we had stuff for thanksgiving all that kind of stuff so she bought everything for our family of four to last us for at least a few weeks she comes home and Late the following day, both of us, I come into the room and she's got a look of concern on her face. And apparently right. I had the same look of concern. And she said, are you not feeling well? And I said, I'm not feeling well. Are you not feeling well? And she said, I have a splitting headache. Uh, I am aching. My body is aching. My nose is running. I said, my nose is running constantly. Uh, I've been coughing. She's like, I know. And I had been upstairs uh, working that day. And so we hadn't really had a ch had any kind of chance to communicate. And I said, I'm definitely, I'm not well. And she said, I'm, I'm not either. So we, we agreed that we would just ride it out. We would wait until the next day, see if anything had improved, worsened, whatever it might be. Any other year, and you know this, any other year, it would yeah. have been, oh, we got a fall cold. Like, it's cold and flu season. We got something. Instead, because it's 2020, I was telling my son he's now the man of the house i was saying to my daughter i hope i i saying all your i hope i can look down on you on your wedding day and i hope i really like the guy you pick at like it was literally almost to that point in my head of like this is it i gotta figure out like because i've got i've got the covid it's happened and so the next day i was feeling slightly better my wife got hit hard she was in bed Never had a fever. We were checking her constantly. Never had a fever. Never had shortness of breath. But her entire body ached. She felt awful. I was, like I said, I was starting to feel better. And then the following day, by morning, she was feeling pretty good again. Because that was going to be the day. We had already said that we were going to go hit some drive through or quick testing site or something of some kind to get tested if this didn't improve at all. Now, we're both still kind of coffee and a little sniffly. It, again, it was probably just a common cold that she picked up while she was at the supermarket getting all the groceries. But there was that brief moment of like, we were terrified. Like we we were, again, because we, it's the same thing always too. You go to the internet, what do you type in? What are the COVID symptoms? We've all read it a gajillion times. We know them yeah. by heart at this I, point. I have some of them right now. Right. And that's exactly that's the thing is it's literally every symptom. Every symptom is a covid symptom. And we went down the list and it was <laughs> we had we had almost no matching symptoms whatsoever. But we each had symptoms from the list. So we were each convinced that we had the virus. Yeah. So I'm happy to report. I don't think we did unless <laughs> unless it was a very quick, quick acting strain. Um, and we're both on the road to recovery now, but it was touch and go. I said, I, I, my mom texted me just one day just to say like, Hey, how are things checking in? What's going on? And I, my response to her was it's a little tense at the, at the Johnson house today. And then I explained why. And that's, that was the best way, the best term I could come up with is 
it was very tense for a couple of yeah. days. Um, so you just need to take probably just a just a run of Gerdat and XR. You should be fine. <laughs> yeah. It, that, so I mean that does though. I mean it really does kind of illustrate, like, you know, you got it somewhere, right? You, right. You, you brought it home. So if you got that somewhere, then you know yep. the rest of it's out there. So right. I mean, you 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 just you. You didn't get hit by a bus. You got, you know, you got hit by a razor scooter. So, and I am, you know, I am, listen, I'm not overboard, but when I go out and I go like grocery shopping, I'm not, I'm not one that like wipes down the handle on the cart or anything like that, but I wear a mask. And when I get back in the vehicle, after I've loaded all the groceries in the first thing that I do before I touch the steering wheel or anything else is I squirt hand sanitizer all over my hands. And then I kind of rub it on my face and things. And I just, you know, I give myself like almost like a good cleansing. My wife is the uh, is she takes it a step further. She does wipe down the cart. She keeps hand sanitizer in her purse. And every once in a while, she just puts a little dab in her hands and rubs it together while she's in the grocery store. She always has the mask on when she gets in the car. Then it's almost like a she's almost scrubbing up for surgery. She really lathers up with the hand sanitizer at that point. So she's much more. <sighs> diligent about those things than i am and she still brought something home so at least we think nobody else went anywhere so there's no there's really no other place it could have come from that's that's our only that's our only theory um but yeah again everybody's back to normal and i won't go to tracy's house anytime soon so i don't infect his yep. one good kidney yep thank you because i only have one kidney uh, <laughs> yeah he's only he's only got one yeah stunt kidney yeah <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Dave and Steve show. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. I wake up every day and I don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes my boss gets fired up and calls me into his office. What's that about? I won a bunch of money in the lottery. I got really excited. What is wrong with me? Millions of Americans live with these symptoms every day. Some don't even know they're suffering. My baby cries sometimes. I can't relate, but... Other times she's quiet. I get that too. Sometimes I don't want pizza. Chances are that you and everyone you have met are good candidates for Gerdatin XR. March into your doctor's office and demand Gerdatin XR today. If they resist, go to another doctor. I think it's getting better. I think. I still wake up every day, but now I know what's going to happen. I'm going to take Gerdatin XR. Gerdatin XR has been proven to cause side effects in most of the users of the medication, but you still want to take it anyway. Side effects include vomiting, aging, diarrhea, constipation, constipation followed by diarrhea, winning children's board games, swollen feet, serious diarrhea, skin rash, sweaty eyes, lopsided nipples, aversion to campfire songs, awesome fingernails, 180-degree dunking, craving of chicken fried steak, hurt feelings, shingles, cancer, more diarrhea, charley horse, writer's cramp, water in the knee, anything the operation patient had, kite flying, clogged ear ducts, swearing, arthritis, bloating, heartburn, gas, nocturnal emission, sore throat, dry tongue, tattoos, slurpee, boondocks, duck hunt. Gerdatin, just take it. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story, officials at an Ontario-Canada library said a book recently dropped into its return bin is believed to be 100 years overdue. 100 years overdue. 
What now? What are the fines on that? Are the fines levied based on what the fines would have been when it was checked out? Yeah, it's a or... it's it's a total of eighteen dollars. It's <laughs> so the Fergus Library sent a copy of Martin Chuzzlewit by Charles Dickens had recently been dropped into the book uh, return bin by an anonymous person. Library officials said they don't have records on this particular book, but it bears a Fergus Library nameplate inside the cover indicating that it might have been from the facility's original collection when it opened in the early 1900s so they don't know if it was necessarily late or if it was uh, purchased at like a you know sale when you know for a, a library sale or something like that right I, I'm, I listen my theory and maybe tracy will explain but my theory is that <clears throat> somebody found this in an attic somewhere a parent's attic cleaning out a house something like that saw the stamp inside and took it to the library because they were trying to well this belongs to the library it's got a stamp in it that library still exists i'm going to go take it up the road and drop it off i that's my theory and, and fearing fearing that 18 dollars fine <laughs> like um like the drug dealer that drops off the od victim yeah um yeah. in front of the in front yeah. of the hospital and then tears away yeah that's basically I'm just going to I'm just going to slip this book in the return right. and then, you know, saunter off like a pretend to, you know, walk a invisible dog or something. So they're guessing <laughs> from maybe 100 to maybe 15 years ago, according to the chief librarian, Rebecca Hine, right on the nameplate in the book, it does say that the fine is two cents a day. So they did a little bit of research. And it looks like it would probably be from around 1940 was the going rate of that particular late fee. So Heinz said if the book had been checked out in 1941, it would have accrued a late fee of about $580 at two cents per day rate. So that's okay. that late fees, library late fees don't compound at all. It's not a thing where like if you're late on your late fee, then you get it. Yeah, that's that. It's so not like did... a blockbuster video thing where two weeks and they own your home. Right. So there, yeah. There's a couple things that they did. They said when they indexed this for inflation and adjusted for the exchange rate, the full total of the fee in U.S. dollars was about thirty-five cents. Okay, so I totally, <laughs> I totally, I, I, I totally was joking about the the fees, but I have no doubt that they absolutely did calculate what the late fees. Were. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Steve also made that crack about uh, walking the invisible dog away. after. <laughs> so and it made me think I hadn't thought of these in years. Do you guys remember when we were young, especially at the different fairs and things? They they had those. They were pipe cleaner leashes, but they looked like yeah. you were walking they, they an invisible the dog. They kind of bounced. Stiff wire. Yeah. yeah. And they kind yeah. of bounced. And, and you would see people with those all the time. And that was a. That was a fad that went, came and went inside of like six months. But I remember vividly, like there was a time where you saw those every which way, or maybe you didn't see them because they were invisible. But everywhere you looked, somebody was walking an invisible dog. And I just thought as a kid, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I think it'd be really good if you could do that with like a seeing eye dog. But it it's just the harness. Yeah, with and the I handle. Mean, that would, it's like... <laughs> And you'd be like, wait, is your dog invisible? Yeah. And you'd be like, I don't know. I've yeah. never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So because it's like, they're just yeah. describing the worst uh, vaudeville act ever. Yeah. <laughs>
Our second story, a Florida man who found a message in a bottle washed up on the beach was able to contact the author of the letter, a Swiss man who threw the bottle into the ocean while on vacation in the Canary Islands. You guys ever put a message in a bottle and throw it in the ocean anywhere? Have you ever done that? I I probably did as a kid, but I here's what I think the guy answered with. Litterbug! <laughs> just would have just that's all that's what I would have done. I would have, I would have just so, yeah. I would have taken a picture of the bottle and said, Is this yours, litter bug? Yeah. 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 So Glenn Vincent of Daytona Beach said he spotted the bottle on the shore during a recent storm and carefully removed the waterlogged message inside. Vincent said he had to wait for the pieces of paper to dry so that he could glue them back together again to read the message. The bottle had been launched from Cyril Mattel, a Switzerland native who had tossed the bottle into the ocean while on vacation in the Canary Islands back in March of 2019. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about currents and things like that. My my theory with the message in the bottle is that I, I would never take the time to do it because I always just assume I would write out the message, put it in the bottle, throw it in the water, and it would literally wash up on shore three feet down for me because I didn't, I don't understand how the currents work or how far I got to huck that thing out there. I don't know if this guy got in a boat and took it out past the tide so that he could literally get it into the, the proper ocean. But I, I, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Can, can you, I've, I guess here's my question. I'm sure you, both of you know the answer to this because you've got a lot of expertise in this. When you write <laughs> a message in a bottle and you put it in the ocean, can you just send it from any beach? Can you just walk up to any beach anywhere up and down the coastline and throw it in the water and have it take off? Or does it have to be at a specific place or you'll get, far enough out? You'll get better results if you go to specific places. Um, but it, but if you really ideally want to get it out as far as you possibly can while the tide is going out so that it, it reaches a current that really will take it someplace. My guess is that this gentleman didn't know enough to do that because he couldn't figure out how to make the bottle <laughs> airtight or yeah, watertight. Well, that, that was the other thing I thought, too, is like, how do you how do it's the message in the bottle is to keep the message dry. And yeah. if the, if. If the bottle has a top on it, how'd you how'd water get? Yeah, I, I have a theory on that. I think uh, the guy from Florida opened it, pulled it out, dropped it into the water, <laughs> and then went, "Oh crap! Now it's wet." And then that's pretty much it. And then he blamed yeah. it on the guy in Switzerland. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> so apparently, so some of the information about uh, this uh, the man from Switzerland who uh, threw it in there. So he had actually thrown several, maybe about a half dozen bottles. Uh, Good Lord, man. Same day. And he said that he had previously heard from someone else who found one of his bottles on another Caribbean island. Just chucking bottles just every day, taking your 10 bottles down to the beach and throwing them in. (laughs) Artisan. It's artisan littering. It's yeah. hipster littering at its finest. Yeah. You know, <laughs> One, it's one thing if you're like marooned on an island and you need and you need to be yeah. saved or whatever. It's another thing if it's your hobby and you just you throw trash. In the, the yeah, ocean. the beach is just scattered with empty with bottles with shitty messages written in them. It actually makes me think of I don't know if I've said it on this show. I think I said it on our previous version, but I so my dad had a farm. And he had ranch hands that worked for him on the farm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um. one of them was this guy named John. And John had a bit of a drinking problem. <clears throat> and so John, John was very good. In fact, he was, 
he was incredibly diligent about his rule was he never drank on the job ever. And so when he would arrive at five in the morning and start work, he would he would not have anything until he got off work at around three or four in the afternoon. But he kept and then he would have all of it. He kept a cooler in his pickup on the floorboard. And when he got in the pickup to drive home for the night, he was officially off the clock. While he was driving, he would crack open a beer and he would drink mm-hmm. it. And by the time he got home, which Steve, I mean, it was from my dad's place to in town. We're talking like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. He had come close to polishing off a six pack by the time he got home. He was chugging these things. And so mm-hmm. they were Keystones. That's the type of beer he liked to drink. And if you don't know about Keystone, they come in a silver can, or at least they used to. I, I haven't had a Keystone in forever. But back then they came in almost like a Coors Light style silver chromish can. And so as John would drink these, I think they were chrome and blue, but as John would drink these, he'd drink one and then he'd chuck it out the window. He'd chuck the empty out the window. This was my, this was the road and we were way out in the country. This was the only road, there were a few, but I mean, this was the main road that led from my house into town. So not only did John drive this every day to and from work, but we drove this every day each time we had to go into town or had to run in for anything or whatever it might be. And in the winter, we didn't really notice. But when summertime came around and the blazing sun came out and the sun reflected off of all those cans, there were hundreds of cans lining the road in the ditches. That this got looks so, like a sequin dress. They got so bad, my dad actually had to have a talk with him and say, I'm going to drive off the road from being blinded by all your cans. You have to stop doing this. We're going to get fined for this. And then John felt really bad, and he started just putting the empties on the seat next to him, and he'd throw them away when he got home. But it was literally like it looked like you were – I don't even know how – it was almost like we had paparazzi in the ditches that, <laughs> that led to the, into town. <laughs> all these off. flashes going off as you drove from the sun catching all these different empty cans. So that's that's what it made me think of. I would have loved to have driven that route just to see what the timing was. Like, are there, is there like a bunch that are in – is is it like One specific pile. piles? Yeah. It's like boom, yeah. boom, yeah. and it's gone. And because it would be if 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 – you know, rates of speed were similar. They all the cans would kind of be clustered into one area. Like there's, there's, there's the one, there's the four, there's the six, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. there we are. You know, yeah. where I used to work at a company in in Bellevue, uh, we had access to a helium uh, tank, and so we took this the the largest garbage bag that we had access to, and we just started filling it up with helium. And then tied a rope to it and then put this little capsule on the end with some like a phone number to call, you know, hey, if you get this. And so on on a day where it was just kind of windy, like we let it go and it got up, you know, like into the trade winds. Right. And was just like it was just a dot in the sky and took off. We never saw it again. And then about I was about five months later, somebody had called saying that we had left their our garbage (laughs) um, on their property. And wanted to know why we did that because by the time they found it, it was simply just a deflated garbage bag with our address or yeah. phone number tied to it. Um, so it was, uh, it wasn't quite as they weren't. And they that's how Tracy met his wife. How, yeah. how far did it make it? I mean, it uh, actually made it to Auburn. So down that uh, 167. Oh. So I don't know, maybe about 40 miles. So like not Auburn, Alabama. No, not but... Auburn, Alabama, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, but Auburn, Washington, so okay. South King County. 
So not not too. Yeah, not just. Not I bad. think it just uh, it bled out. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so, not you know. not made for not made not made made for that kind of thing. It really, really wasn't. Our third story: a dog who escaped from her family's home in New Brunswick had her homecoming complicated when she crossed the border into the United States. Uh, Paris uh, Michaud said her father, Robert Siros was caring for her German shepherd, Diamond, while she was at she and her husband were at a hockey tournament with her nine-year-old daughter. So they had opened the garage door in the, in, uh, the family, at the family's home, and 17-month-old canine dashed out before they could stop her. About four hours later, after the hockey tournament, they put out a plea for help on Facebook. Quote, oh my God, I cried, I cried, I was in a panic, they said. And I was walking like crazy in the hotel room, having my phone in my hand and praying that someone would find my dog. But reports of the sighting started coming in from people who saw Diamond crossing into Maine via the International Bridge in Fort Kent. Steve, I smell book sequel. (laughs) <laughs> the the best darn dog in the world traveler has gone missing know. yeah has gone missing i also yeah, like start- the other thing i like about the way you phrase that tracy is that person said that they were pacing back and forth in their hotel room checking their phone how about you get your ass outside and look for your dog how about yeah. you uh get in the in the vehicle and go go take a look and not just pace in a hotel room? That's not helping the dog. Well, I've just had somebody else doing it, which is nice. So she said the difficulty was not anybody could go to Fort Kent in Maine because of COVID. So once US Border Patrol were able to determine that it was their dog and uh, confirm the breed of the dog. Diamond was quickly detained and then deported to Germany. <laughs> they shot it and gave it back. <laughs> yeah. We had, uh, my wife was watching a dog. Uh, it, it was like a, a, a tiny version of like a husky. And the dog had been really good. She would let it out. The owners even said, you can let it out. It won't go anywhere. Just let it out. It'll go to the bathroom and come back in. It was a younger dog, it, probably a year and a half old. And it had the whole time. We'd had it for a few days and it was going out and going to the bathroom. And my wife let it out one night at about 10 o'clock at night in the pitch black and it saw something whether it was a rabbit or a deer or whatever it was and it just bolted and was just gone Cecil and the and the, yeah right in my in my blackberry bushes and the way the way she described it to me was it was literally standing there just squatting going to the bathroom and she watched it the entire time it was just gone she said it made no noise no nothing it just she saw it dart very quickly just in the flash of an eye. And then it was just, she couldn't hear anything. She didn't hear it whining. She didn't hear it barking. It literally just vanished. And we thought for sure we had lost somebody's dog. Like we were convinced that, and we went out and we scoured the neighborhood. There was a high school kid who he had his window open because it was warmer weather out. He heard us. This is the one that was wearing the police shirt later. It, w- it was. Right? Yeah. He, yeah. He hollered through the window and said, you guys need help. He joined in on it. Eventually, we were lucky enough that that kid was able to dive on it when we found it because it was very freaked out and skittish. It had gone almost like feral. But it was one of those things of like, I definitely, that wasn't even our dog. And I was mortified of the fact that that dog was just gone. And so I can't imagine if it was literally our dog that had escaped the garage or whatever it might have been and was just 
was like you don't because i mean you think about it <laughs> we get on a road we drive the same way we throw our beer cans out on the same road that we always throw the beer cans out on <laughs> right a dog goes anywhere you don't know what direction a dog or the dog was most likely to go in so it's not often though that uh the uh dog leaves the country though sure yeah yeah, and, and, and not only that, that a dog has the wherewithal to make sure that they have their passport with them, yeah. that it's up to date. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. right. It's a, it's a German uh, do- a German shepherd, though. They always have their papers. So with they them. have their papers. <laughs> so, our four-story residents of Asbestos, Quebec, have decided to select a new name for their handsome burg. Why? The town about 80 miles east of Montreal has watched as its namesake transformed from being an asset in the late 1800s to a liability in recent decades. Was there ever a time, even at the height of asbestos, when it was seen as like something good, or not good, but useful? Was there ever a time where that made Asbestos Canada a hotspot for tourism? I don't... Oh, there was a time when asbestos was a blessing. I mean... We, we used to come home and we used to, we used to go out to the asbestos trees and, and pick them clean and bring all the asbestos back and we'd process it. We'd, we'd hand it off to the workers and the workers would, would sew it all together and they'd make ceilings a mile long. Yeah. Well, it's, listen, now, nowadays we have whatever it is, fiberglass ins- insulation or whatever that mm-hmm. stuff is made yeah. from now. It is not like if there was a city called Insula- fiberglass insulation Canada that I would tell my family let's load up in the family truckster and go to this city because it was named after like I don't understand why it was ever a boon for them to be named after asbestos yeah so, so apparently the the area was home to uh, Jeffrey mine one of the, the largest crystallite asbestos mines in the world and the town grew up around it according to historian Jessica Van Horsen the town got its name when the Royal Mail simply started calling it after the mineral. So it just got its name from the uh, mail, the post office in Canada. So they, they've renamed their, their Berg, um, what, either Chemtrails or 5G. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I hope I didn't just step on your joke. No, 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 no. You would never do that, Jack. Anyway, asbestos is uh, naturally occurring and once widely used for insulation, the fibers can be toxic if inhaled, increasing the risk of lung disease. So the U.S. Environment, uh, Environmental Protection Agency has banned certain uses of asbestos since 1973 and a ban on asbestos-containing products went into effect in Canada in 2018. Whoa, so, only yeah. 2018. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, like it was it was supposedly only bad for you if it was like broken up and breathed yeah. in like and, and it was just safely, you know, safely. It was safely, you know, packed into your ceiling where, you know, it's probably not going to be bothered. Well, and one of the most common uses of it was in car brakes. So, oh. yeah. So the uh, brake shoes were asbestos. I, I'm and... so looking forward to the asbestos minute next week. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they said, uh, once upon a time, we had a very proud, uh, we were very proud of the name, uh, but now it's very difficult because asbestos means a fiber that people are afraid of, said the town's former mayor. So the residents did finally settle on a new name. Going forward, the town will now be known as Microwave Popcorn. Boom. Oh, there it is. Good one. There you go. See, I had to struggle for Popcorn something. Popcorn lung. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the news, fellas. So we've got a choice to make, fellas. We were at uh, just about an hour. Um, and at the time of recording this, once I put the commercial in its right spot, because I didn't have it queued up tonight, we will be at an hour. Do we want to broach the uh, the main topic? Do we want to save that? Do we want to wrap it up? Do we want to touch on it quickly? Uh, or do you guys have something else you'd like to take the place of the main topic? Here's where you both oh. go silent. I can almost guarantee it. Door, door number one, two, or three, Tracy. Yeah. Which which one has the donkey? That's the uh, <laughs> that's the one I. You know, I, know I totally would have like. On let's make a deal. I totally would have taken the donkey. I would have been like, "That's mine." Yeah. <laughs> you just got zonked. Nope, that's mine. I'm taking <laughs> nope, that donkey home. Donkey. Does that donkey have papers? Does it have all the shots? I'm taking it home. I would. I would totally take that donkey home. Run away. That'd be, that'd be, I'd, I'd prefer the donkey to a car. Are you kidding me? A donkey would do all kinds of better stuff than a car. I, I do um, have a really quick question. I'm going to write this down. If you guys have anything, and maybe the listeners will know for sure. So, or will want to know as well. And you just made me think of this with the let's make a deal, and this can be brief, but we obviously have a lot of time we're spending at home as a family now, and one of the things that I am desperately trying to do is I'm trying to find good board games for the family to play. Mm-hmm. And and so we have recent, well, not recently, we've had Exploding Kittens for many years. We've gotten the expansions for that. That's been really great, and that's one that we go back to often. But I'm just wondering, do you guys have a go-to board game that you really enjoy or can recommend for a family of varying ages i've got the 10 year old the almost 13 year old and then my wife and i do you have a standout and i don't don't give me your monopolies and and that kind of shit because that's like the okay everybody knows that one i'm saying do you guys have like a fringe game i'll give you an example one of the ones that we was recommended to us that we ordered and we're pretty excited about is this one called um ultimate werewolf and it is one of those games where there's 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 that uh, app that's out right now called Among Us. It's kind of in the vein of that, yeah. where at least one of you or possibly two is the werewolf. The rest are villagers. You got to figure it out. But what's cool about this game is it's very highly rated, and it it comes with a, a companion app, and it, you each use the app on your phone while you're doing it. And so it's got timers and different clues and all sorts of things, along with the physical card game that's being played on the table. So that's one that's ordered. It's on its way. We're excited about that. But I was curious if you guys had any others that you really liked. I, I really wish my family would agree on, on this because we we because my wife and I, we both like board games and my middle son loves games. He loves any kinds of games. He's very competitive. Um, but having a younger son that he's he's four, so he's entirely too stupid. That's the to tough even one. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then my other son, who's 14, acts like he's four. So he can't handle it either. So when and then when we can't agree on what games to play, it becomes really a source of tension. So right. um, we're just we have... getting to the age with the 10 year old because you're absolutely right. We went through probably about five ish years of hell because everybody wanted to play a board game, but she was younger so she of course had whether it was the not as good of reading skills or whatever it might have been so there was always that moment in the game where she would tap my wife on the shoulder and she would lean over and she would say what does this card say and then my wife would have to act and my son and I would have to act like we couldn't hear what they were saying and then my wife would explain that means you get to go two turns and then she would come back to the board and so most of the times it was brutal and we're finally getting to that age now with her being nine ten years old where 
reading is no longer an issue, all that stuff. Comprehension is no longer an issue, and we can start to play these games now. So I feel for you, Tracy, because I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah, so it's for me, um, I mean, I dream for the day that our family would sit around a table and play and just make memories. That's simply just not who we are. We're, I mean, just <laughs> we're, we're just a few minutes from the police getting called. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not saying even who's going to call them. It's, it's not me, though. Well, so, no, yeah, you'll but, be in the ER watching a Seahawks game to get your blood pressure to come down. Well, yeah, because I only have one kidney. Right. Anyway, Steve. <laughs> um, I So we, we don't do a lot of board games or card games, but the ones that we do, um, I mean, they're the classics. Like um, we play we play Scrabble, but we really like risk. Um, risk is, is a game that, um, Zach was enjoying as a younger kid, uh, because he, he kind of got it right. It wasn't, there's not a lot of reading. There's like numbers of armies and things that you put out there and then you, um, you conquer and you do whatever you, and it, it never mattered because Wendy would always win, but, uh, um, but it's a it's a fun game and it's it's always fun to see how long you can last before wendy wins um we also are a big chess house um zach likes to play chess i've never Wendy's. heard of that what is that <laughs> that's, it's that's, a I'm it's start, a game i'm starting to laugh because i said don't go with the classics that everybody knows if you've got some kind of french and you went to you started with risk and you went to chess well yeah I, I I stayed away from checkers. I figured that's tiddlywinks, checkers, and backgammon. I'm not, I'm not going to ever play Othello. Oh God, yeah. And uh, no, so uh, <laughs> now I also just but, so we're clear, I picture Tracy with his family. Tracy once again getting operation out of the closet, and as the box is coming open, him saying, "You know," and then his family going like. <sighs> Uh, he, yeah one he, kidney yep totally no we know that's how it yep go ahead so i had to talk i had to say risk because there's a game now that i've seen that that's kind of popular now it's 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 with it's basically risk with trains and you have different lengths of trains that go across the united states are you talking about ticket to ride ticket to ride that's yeah. what it is and yeah. i played that and and that was um that was fairly enjoyable yeah, that's um, a that's a game like that. that you can span a lot of ages with. Correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and that that probably uh, that gets we we th either threaten or promise to get it out, um, depending on who you're talking to. And there's Cards Against Humanity, but there's tame ones for kids, tamer versions. So it's funny you say that because one of the things it arrives tomorrow. We ordered Kids Against Humanity which is exactly that it's from the makers of cards yeah. against humanity but it doesn't have the horrific thing i am still scarred to this day from the one time i played cards against humanity not knowing what it was with my mom and my aunt <laughs> <laughs> the things that i heard them say can never be unheard <laughs> but no but what i what i didn't know about board games like i i just didn't and Steve, I have theories about this. A prime example is is D and D. And Steve, I think there was a brief period. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where you at least flirted with D and D a little bit. Um, I really tried, but with, you know, as a kid with ADHD and no medication to handle it, 
D and D was very difficult for me. Yeah, to that deal reach. With. Yeah, but I really loved it. Right, like I loved yeah. the idea of it and all the monsters, and I loved all the you know. But I just couldn't sit there through the campaign while somebody wrote stuff down and then told me to told me to roll a certain kind of dice, and then I'm like, "What happened?" Well, okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta go outside. Yeah. So, well, and that was the thing is like I and I've said this to a, a few of the people that I work with are really into D and D, even as adults. And what I said to them is, for me, it was never like I bought the books because I liked the art inside of them, but I was so far out in the country. I didn't have any, I couldn't find, I couldn't get two people together to play D&D, let alone enough people to really make it fun and enjoyable. So it just completely escaped me. And board games were similar in that that was never going to be my dad's bag. He didn't really like doing that. My sister and I kind of fought when we were very competitive and so we fought around. So as a family, we just didn't play a lot of board games. And so I knew the staples of Monopoly and all that kind of stuff. Around a year and a half ago, about, I guess, because it was obviously pre-pandemic, we had somebody at work who threw a morale event for our very small team that we had and did it at this game store, like a literal board game store. And the way that the store works is it's half board game shop and half restaurant. And when you're in the restaurant, you can literally select any of the games that they have and you can play it right there at the table while you eat. And the idea is if you like the game you just played while you're eating dinner, you can go over into the shop and you can buy that exact same board game. So we had this little room isolated off. It was a really cool, it was like a themed, like, I, I forget, I mean, Knights of the Round Table or something, but it had a theme to it. We right. sat in there, we played board games, we ate bar food, we drank. It was a great time. And then we walked over into the shop. And that was the first time that I really saw board games somewhere else other than a Target shelf or something, a Fred Meyer shelf, whatever it might be, a supermarket shelf, whatever. And I had no idea. I mean, there were literally hundreds of board games in there and they looked amazing. They had great art. They all looked like they could be a lot of fun, but I was just so overwhelmed. I didn't even know what to pick. I, w I was like, I, di I didn't even know these existed. They all look, oh, here's a Disney themed one. Oh, here's a, what a Marvel themed. Oh, here's the, like, they all looked great, but I, I just didn't know what, what to pick. And what I found out is not only do a lot of times those games, it's like Ticket to Ride. That's a, that's a more unique example from what I've found. They tend to be focused on a very specific age range. Like you have to be 13 or up to, understand, to comprehend this, or you have to be 17 or up based on the language or whatever it might be. So I'm just really having a hard time finding ones that we collectively as a family can play and enjoy. And if you go online, it's always like, here's the top 20 board games. And ex it's exactly what you would expect. It's risk. It's life. It's monopoly. And I'm trying to find the more fringy ones that are really enjoyable. So we're hoping on the werewolf one. We're hopeful on the um, Kids Against Humanity. And then I also ordered a couple of um, the Exploding Kittens company makes a couple of other games. And so I ordered a couple of those as well. And the reason that I do this is exactly what Tracy's alluded to at the beginning of the show i'm trying not to land myself in the er i gotta find things we can do as a yeah. family that bring our attention elsewhere rather than just strangling each other and we're getting along pretty well actually i'm surprised given that we're now whatever it is nine months into this thing we're getting along pretty well uh but that doesn't mean it's going to last forever no it, it, you do you need distractions and something that will um take uh take you out of Correct. your head a little bit. And so, 
and 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 interact together when you've been around each other so much you've kind of forgotten to or right. take each other for granted which is bound to happen and so it's uh this is good maintenance this is good thinking now my son and my daughter are structured i've said this before are structured exactly the same way as my sister and i they they have almost the identical relationship that i had with my sister which is my son the older one he is the intellectual who he reads the rules. He immediately tries to find loopholes in the rules or ways that he even goes so far as to find things within the rules, very much within the rules that he knows will frustrate her. She, on the other hand, is the smartass of the family, very much me. She likes to dig at him if he makes a mistake or does something incorrectly she will call it out immediately or if she happens to just on blind luck get something better than him outroll him whatever whatever type of game it is she loves to rub his face in it and so yeah. he in turn <laughs> loves to find the way to get her frustrated and still be able to say i'm within the rules that's what it says right here this is what i can do and this is the exact this is how my sister and i fought the exact same way growing up and so it's tough when we play games because those two will get after each other. And there's always the point. It's almost like drinking in a bar. Really fun at first. Everybody's having a great time. And there's that yeah. moment in the evening when shit goes dark because somebody's yeah. had a few too many and a beer bottle gets broken over somebody's head. And then the cops are there. And it's that's exactly uh, when my uh, my older two will. Um, they love calling out if they, they they will loudly proclaim the thing that will just set the other one off yeah and there's there's a balance of power there that goes but we call my third son his nickname is the tipping point because when he joins in he sends the whole thing into just pandemonium yeah and and he unfortunately is really clever, has a great vocabulary for a four-year-old and has studied human behavior very, very much <laughs> yeah. in his four years. Yeah. And he is so dangerous. Yeah, Steve, it seems like you guys never fight. Like you just, if if tensions start to rise, you just bake something for each other, you have a good hug out, and then uh, you go back to watching Matlock while you play Risk. Yeah, that's incorrect. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, really? Do do tell, because I have, on the video game front and on the board game front, I've seen just how competitive your wife can be. <laughs> and I have also seen that there can be a table full of 10 people all besting Wendy in some way, shape, or form, and it's all Steve's fault. It is. Well. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, let's hear this. How do you cope with that? Thanks. Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, we, we, have, we have told this story many times, but Steve and I were once playing a board game with our wives. Steve and oh I were, God. Steve and I, I guess you could say Steve and I were taking on the role of my son or older sister in that we were, we were, we were purposely being very diligent, but we were being diligent about things that frankly, like the answer. And we, I've, I've said this before. The answer to the question is not dark vader it is darth vader and that's not yes. that's not a gray area that his name no. is not dark vader it would be like saying the guy's name is bill norris the karate fighter and everybody going 
well, no, it's actually Chuck Norris. And you're going, why are you being a dick? Like, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> you don't get the point. Correct. You don't get the point. And so, yeah. and so Steve and I were calling them on some of these things. And at a certain point, it, this time it wasn't Wendy who got worked up. At a certain point, I got a buzzer thrown at my head uh, by my wife. Uh, and then things, again, just like the beer bottle over the head, at that point in the night, things got pretty ugly and uncomfortable for everybody involved. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the question and the answer Go ahead. that ended that game. Go ahead. Oh, dude. It, it, um, so... <laughs> It, it was she, so first of all, it didn't go well because um, David and I were on the team and then it was Wendy and Tessa were on a team and they were they were trying to get it was taboo, right? You're trying to get somebody to say a word, but you can't say these other words that are related to it. And Dave and I can knock this out like I can I can say Galvin Huss and he'd say French fries or, right. or you know, something like that. we've and, known each other and, since preschool. We've hung out for many thousands of hours and so we did yeah, that's yeah. we have we have we have odd points of reference for just about every word in the yeah, human right. vocabulary yeah. but um but they kind of didn't and they were they were playing the game in a very earnest way you know getting it you know getting it done and but they so were completely dave, outmatched yeah and dave dave and i are running up the score which is a complete delight for me because i've never won anything against my wife ever in my whole life so of course i'm delighting in this and then and then of course you know something goes on where it's like they they say one little word you know wrong and i'm like mm, sorry that's you know that's not the said it well we switched teams because you got to. So it was Wendy and I, and it was um, uh, Tessa and Dave, and it got it got <laughs> to the point where Dave, <laughs> are you sure you want me to say? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, go yes, ahead, yes. go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> um, Tessa's trying to get Dave to say something, and um... <laughs> no, it's it's good. Honestly, it's good stuff. We're we're so past this now. We laugh about this too. So it's fine. <laughs> She she said, um, um, lay back, uh, lackadaisical, uh, boring, and Dave said, sex with you. And the buzzer <laughs> le left her hand so fast. Like, she, I knew she played softball, but holy cow, she was definitely picking off a runner from third yeah. to home. From yeah. like, she was she whipped that thing at you and then she turned around and she left you got up grabbed your keys and went out to the car got in the car and drove yeah. away and wendy and i are like well i guess we're gonna put the game away <laughs> i love you honey i love you too and then we're then we're upstairs watching tv and um and then <laughs> and then i hear a car pull up the, the door shuts and you know uh <laughs> down in the a, a one pack of keystone <laughs> and I, I hear a i hear a and then a and then just kind of got and wendy and i are just like uh we should we should take a tylenol pm and go to sleep we should just go to sleep now it was it was it was a great night um obviously everything's fine but but uh but yeah sometimes game night goes goes awry my wife has a she has a hyper competitive streak and again just like the the son and daughter and my sister and i 
my wife has taken the role of my sister in that hyper competitive uh and she i like to push her buttons just like, like i like to push everybody's buttons and she she will feed right into that and it gets her really worked up and angry and so i tend to especially uh, steve is always he's never intentionally this but Steve is always the catalyst for this if we're in the room together because I love to say, I love to get to the point where Steve says, holy shit, you can't say that. I like to get right to that point. But that's also the point in my wife's mind where the, the taboo buzzer needs to be thrown at mock speed yeah. at my at my temple. And so... It's it's a there's a sweet spot in there. It's it's difficult to. I want to be navigate. clear though. I have never sacrificed the taboo buzzer to the temple for getting the reaction out of Steve. I've never stopped oh. short. <laughs> I've always gone. I've always gone for the reaction over paying for it with my wife later. And you really did, man. You really paid for it. But that was that was really funny. Yeah. Like even years later, I'm still thinking about it, and I know you did it just. To make me laugh, and you know, I don't know if we ever played board games after that again. I don't. I don't recall doing. I don't. Much. I don't. I don't, I don't think we did. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's wrap things up. Uh, I. I know. I asked you guys, how do you want to end the show? And then I just figured out a way to end the show, and, and I apologize it. for that. But uh, uh, hey, listen. So next week, we're most likely because next week here in the states, if you're listening to this abroad, next week is Thanksgiving, so we're most likely going to do something like a best of show or something of that nature. And then we'll be back the following week uh, with a full-on, just like tonight, a full show like you would expect. Uh, but as I said at the top of the show, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have any, like the guys like to poke fun of, concerns, uh, you've, got, you've got an extra week to write them to us. And you can email thedaveandsteveshow at gmail.com. Write us, let us know what you think of the show, and we're happy to read it on the air. Uh, we will read the good, the bad, and the ugly on the air. So if you email us, we'll read it on the air. Uh, if you feel like you've got a little extra time over the, the break and you're not throwing taboo buzzers at your, at your husband's head, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Steve, anything else before we go tonight? No. Um, I would like to thank everybody for... Yeah, yeah, okay, so I say no, and then I say something. Yeah, yeah. just like I always do. Uh, um, I would like to thank everybody for uh, the support in uh, buying the book and finally letting me be part of Dave and Tracy's author club. Um, Tell them how to get it. Tell them where to, so they can go to Amazon, but I'll, you've also got a website. So give them the deets. You can go to uh, Amazon and you can also go to, I know there's a, there's a website, <laughs> the best darn dog. Bestdarndog.com or the bestdarndog.com is uh, is also where you can hang go on. To, I'm going to uh, type this in to make sure you're not sending them. So it's thebestdarndog.com. It could be bestdarndog.com. So the best darn dog is taken by name cheap, but it's okay. it's available if you'd like to purchase it. That's uh, not it. It's <laughs> best darn dog then. Best darn dog looks like some kind of German pornography site no best darn dog so it's it's bestdarndog.com and at right. the top of that there's a link that says get the book um and you can get it right there so yep and uh and check it out it's also you can also check it out on uh, youtube uh thanks for letting me plug that um and uh everybody have a you know happy and safe thanksgiving all right tracy what do you got before we close out this show one of my pet peeves is when people wish you to have a safe holiday 
when it involves a holiday that doesn't actually involve any danger. Um, so <laughs> you could be deep. You could be deep frying a turkey. You don't know. There's a there's a hell of a lot of danger because people are just like, yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna just right. go. I'm, yeah, I'm the just barbecues I'm, coming indoors. Yeah. People, people might be playing taboo. Like you, you don't know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm gonna be. I think I may be working on uh, a best of show, and uh, and I'm pretty excited about that. So I'll make it. Uh, even if you've listened to every episode, and I know most of you have, um, you're gonna hear things that you've uh, and perspectives you've never heard. So we're gonna we're gonna pepper it with some uh, with some clips from old shows. But I'm gonna give you some uh, extra. Uh, extra shenanigans on top of that. So. Yeah, tra- it's going to be clips out of context. Is basically what it's going to be. It's really hard to know. <laughs> Tracy always does a good job of packaging these shows together. So, like he said, it will not just be back to back clips. There, there will be, let's say, some kind of wrapper around it. Just trust us on this one. All right. Absolutely. For Tracy, for Steve, for me, Dave. We will talk to you all next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show.